Match present China International Import Expo 2020. Hey, 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 welcome, Natch Reacts, episode anecdotes. We are coming to you live, as always, or as we will for the next, till they ever let us out. Are we stuck here? We are at uh, China International Export Import, Import Expo 2020, Shanghai. Good job. I'll come in again. Um, as always, I am Josh Tyson. Marketing Maven. He is Mark Peacock. Are you, are you going to edit that, or is you, what, what's happening? What? You're just coming in again. I like it. You're like a pro. I'm coming in again. Just, just leave it in. We're starting again. We are here live, um, enjoying ourselves, trying to keep it easy, keep it breezy, but uh, keep it sleazy. Keep it a little sleazy. You should see Mark's deep V. Uh, he borrowed that one from me. So here we are. Mark was raiding my luggage. Uh, all of his clothes got held up in customs. So he's actually looking pretty good. I only wear hemp clothing, and they're not sure what to classify it as. Yep. Uh, I think I saw them smoking it as we walked away. <laughs> Mark, this episode of Reacts is going to be a little different. I don't remember how this goes at all. Well, okay, in previous iterations, I would play you audio clips. And you, you were very, you would do, you would be like, go or something, right? Or like. I was obnoxious and loud, like a game show host. So I'll try and recreate oh, that's right. You'd that be like, for incorrect. you. Incorrect. Incorrect. But the goal was that you ask five questions. I have to get eight points to win. <laughs> right. And we never know how many points each question is worth until I've answered. Um. All right, Mark. Here's your first anecdote. I'll give. I'll read you the anecdote. Okay. And then I'll give you three choices. Okay. So you'll have a thirty-three point three percent chance of being victorious in each round I, I like my odds better than COVID deaths alright Mark who once said this oh boy to Dan Quayle I'm gonna go with Lloyd Benson quote you were the best rabbit we ever had let them chase you and they'll stay off the important things Ooh. burn who just burned Dan Quayle was it A British actor James Quinn. No. Was it B? English writer Douglas Gerald. No. Or C? Political strategist Lee Atwater. <laughs> well, it could be B. But I just don't think England's going to care. That. I'm going to go with C. Political strategist Lee Atwater. Clinical strategist? Political strategist. Mark, you are correct. You are correct. The jet lag has not... One for one. How many points? ...knocked you down a peg. You have half a point, because that was a little too easy. All right, I'm going to try and make this one a little more tough for you, Mark. Um, tough as you like. Tough as you like. Mark, one of your favorite writers. Um, Milan Kundera. Mark Twain. You're not a Twain guy? <laughs> I'm a Twain head. Are you a, you're a Twain head? Okay. Uh, dipping into his chair, he announced. Wait, do you need more than that? <laughs> Just understand that he's wearing a blue woolen shirt and dusty trousers. 
tucked into his boots. Hmm, so that's quite a look. Dropping into a chair, he announced, My starboard leg seems to be unshipped. I'd like about 100 yards of line. I think I'm falling to pieces. He added, My name is Clemens. I've come to write for the paper. So, Mark, for eight points, name the paper. And then for an additional two points, what is Mark Twain's real name, including middle name? Oh. All right, wait. If you can give me his full first, middle, and last name without looking it up on Google, hands off the keyboard. Okay, I won't. That's five points. If you just give me the first and last, that's half I think I can get the full name. All right. I have a vague memory of Vague there was a guy welcome. in my middle school named Eric Langsdorf. Yeah. Who I believe has passed away. I'm sorry. But that's neither here nor there. I believe he had also changed his name to. Do- Why are you getting on your computer? <laughs> something. That's I'm not in the spirit of reacts. I won't. He changed his name to something, <clears throat> you know, like Vortex Solar Wave 9. Mark Twain did? No, Eric Langsdorf. Now. Because the Langsdorf is similar to the middle name, am I right? Mark, you might be barking up a tree that you will later enjoy climbing. So we know it's Samuel Clemens, and the middle name is... We do know it's Samuel Clemens. Oh, that was so, so well played. You just (laughs) dropped that in offhand. We hadn't even said that yet, Oh, okay, I knew that. Way to react. Thank you. The middle name is Lang. Lang... Langston... No, I'm not answering yet. I'm not answering yet. She's not answering. You heard it. Langston Langsdorf Mark Twain Born 1835, died 1910 U.S. humorist, writer, and lecturer Samuel Clemens Lang, Lang I can get this, I can get this So he's applying For the post of reporter at large At what What bustling newspaper Something in Now Mark, he had walked that day in his boots with the pants tucked into them 130 miles to Virginia City Oh, in in Nevada Territory these are clues Virginia City in Nevada Territory he arrived at the newspaper's offices one hot afternoon in August a dust covered weary stranger in a slouch hat with a revolver slung on his belt and a roll of blankets on his back as you'll remember, he's wearing a blue woolen shirt, dusty trousers tucked into his boots. Mark, what's that middle name? Go, react. Ranghorn. Oh, Mark, you now have nine and a half total points. No, no, I'm sorry. Six and a half. Six points. Ooh. Six points. I won. You have to get to 25 <laughs> points to win. Mark, for eight points, this would get you almost okay. like right. over halfway there. What is the name of the paper? In Virginia City in Nevada Territory. Yep, that's now that is almost too good a clue. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. So you, the way you said that makes me think it's not like the Nevada City Times or the um, Virginia City Times, it's the territory part. Oh Mark, you <laughs> are just laser like. Territorial Enterprise. You cheated somehow. <laughs> he looked it up online. Negative eight points. He is at negative two. 
I thought I'd try to slowly build it and sell it to you. <laughs> You've done that in the past. I will admit that you... I thought that was a little too good, though. You, I was on to you, and you were like, oh, it's territory. That's the key word. I'm like, no, no one would think that. Because no one would think that a paper would be called Territorial Enterprise. That sounds more like a magazine. Fine. In fact, little-known fact, Territorial Enterprise was a contentious publication at the time because they had a lot of, in the back, the whole back of Are you that, making this up? No, no, no. The whole back of each book was filled with guide pages. With, uh, for restaurants in town? Not for restaurants, but for different supply uh, shoppies, shoppes. S-H-O-P-P-E-S. Right. Mark, U.S. clergyman and inspirational writer Norman Vincent Peale, born 1898, kicked it all the way till 1993. He almost got to see me graduate high school. One of his great regrets was missing that. So Peale arrived to speak at a Bankers Association annual dinner, and he began chatting with one of the attendees in the elevator. The man was dismayed that, quote, some preacher from New York was the keynote speech speaker. I'm telling you, he said, it won't be any good. Replied Peel, brother, I know it won't be any good. After, after the dinner, Peel gave his speech, at the conclusion of which the banker from the elevator came up to him and shook his hand. What did he say to Norman Vincent Peel for 10 points? Five points he said, paraphrase. boy, my allergies are really acting up today. All right, Mark, I'm going to give you a half point because he didn't say boy. He said buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> said the man. We were both right, weren't we? Ooh, burn. He just peeled out on Norman Vincent Peel's face with that one. What? They were both right because one of them said it wasn't going to be any they good. they both said it was going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. Nice try. Mark. So they said that to Norman Vincent Peale about his own speech. He didn't realize it was Norman Vincent Peale in the elevator. He's like, just, but after, but then Norman Vincent Peale pretending not to be Norman Vincent Peale is all, yeah, man. I'll tell you what, I know it's going to not be any good. And then he got up and gave the speech, and then in the elevator, the guy. Do you think he was making a joke, or do you think he was burning him? He's burning him, man. Um, here's the deal, though. the 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 title of that keynote. Ten points if you can give me the title of that <laughs> keynote. Just kidding, Mark. It was Let's Effing Talk. Yeah, I could have gotten that. Um, give me a letter, Mark. I want to let you play an active part. As I, as I recall, this, ep this format of show also ran a set limit of time. Oh, that's right. We are running low on time. <laughs> Uh, no, we're only about halfway through. Oh, so God. we're good. Mark, give me a letter. What's your favorite letter? Q. George Herman Ruth. I'm getting close. Oh, Mark, I should take this opportunity to mention, to give a shout out to your nemesis, Sam. For it was Sam and uh, his friend Andy who sent me this book of anecdotes <laughs> from which I am reading. Oh, that's fine. They'd be so pleased. Mark, we were already in queue, and we already talked about Dan Quayle. Oh, it's true. So now I'm going to give you an opportunity. Uh, Francois Quancet. Francois Quancet. Born 1694. 
died 1774. 80 years old? He lived to, to a ripe old age for it being that long ago. Mark, you, you can tell he's French. <laughs> Good. What were his primary positions? He had, he had two positions. Missionary? <laughs> Missionary. Okay, was it A, cricket wonderkind and botanist, mm. B, economist and physician, or C. I'm not gonna look at you. You're trying to C. Palace gardener and phrenologist. <laughs> Which is it, Mark? A, B, or C? Fr- Francois Quan. Francois Quancey, born 1694, died 1774. Was he A, a cricket wonderkind and botanist? No. B, economist and physician. Yes. Or C. You're right, Mark. It was B. I can't pull one over on you. Louis the, uh, what are we looking at? Louis the 15th once asked Queen Say, who was originally the king's physician, what he would do if he were king. Nothing, replied Queen Say. But then who would govern, asked Louis. The laws was the response. Now, this man believed in law and order. Natriax. Mark, what's your second favorite letter of the alphabet? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with B for Bezelget. Excellent choice, Mark. Samuel Beckett. Oh, let's do Samuel it. Samuel Beckett. Speaking of Sams, you love Another to hate. famous literary Sam. So we've got Samuel Clemens, Nemesis Sam, uh, and Samuel Beckett. It's a... It's a Sam episode. Sam up. Beckett was listening while his friend Walter Lowenfels expounded at length his views on the relationship of art and the desolate condition of society. Beckett nodded but said nothing until his friend burst out. You sit there saying nothing while the world is going to pieces. What do you want? What do you want to do? Beckett crossed his long legs and drawled. Walter? Oh, I guess it'd be Walter. I know what he said. He said, I want to poop like a teenager. Close. All I want to do is sit on my arse and <gasps> fart and think of Dante. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Mark, what year, in what year, was Beckett awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature? Was it 1958? No. Was it... 1972 was it 1961 no was it 1968 or was it 1969 god I have no chance of getting that there's a 1 in 5 chance I'm gonna say Those all seem too early for me. 
So it's one of the later ones. What are the choices? The latest ones where you gave me were 71 and 69. I'm going to narrow it down to three for you, Mark. 1971, 1958, 1969. Go. I know, React. I know, I know the way you think I'm going with 1969. Mark, you are correct. Oh, look at this, man. I'm crushing it. Unfortunately, there were no points awarded. That's <laughs> the question. So you are, you're stuck at a level negative two? Ouch. So you did something. You besmirched the game. Oh, what did you che- do? Cheated. You cheated. <laughs> the territorial enterprise. So, um, the likelihood of you winning is low. Um, Mark. During World War II, Josephine Baker joined the French Resistance. Her marriage to a Jewish businessman, Jean Léon, brought her to the notice of Gehring and the Gestapo, who decided to murder her. Gehring invited her to dinner, having arranged to put cyanide in her fish course. Forewarned, Josephine excused herself as the fish was served, planning to drop down the laundry chute into the bathroom to a rendezvous with resistance workers below. Gehring produced his gun and ordered her to eat the fish before allowing her to retire to the bathroom. She managed to reach the chute, slid down, and her colleagues rushed her to a doctor who pumped out her stomach. After a month of sickness, she recovered but lost all of her hair. She always wore a wig thereafter. Whoa. What a story. What an anecdote. That's an anecdote, not an anecdote. Mark. Josephine Baker was born in 1906. How many years after Samuel Beckett's uh, award? He was oh jeez Nobel Prize. After how many years after Samuel Beckett won the Nobel Prize did Josephine Baker live? <laughs> so I have to know the year she died. You do. And then I have to do some quick math, which I can do because I'm very good with math. Are you going to be able to answer this question? <laughs> oh, I can answer it right now. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to guess she died somewhere some year, some years after 1969. Uh, how many years does she go? I'm going to go five or six. Which is it, Mark? Five or six? Six. Mark, you are correct. Because you cheated again. You are just losing points. I don't. I don't even know why you wanted to do a reacts. You're making a mockery of the whole thing. I remember. I, I remember it being a lot more fun. You're not having fun. <laughs> Sorry. Weren't there, weren't there things in it? There no, nah, there were sound bites. I that's, think that's yeah, what you're missing. Yeah, I'm trying to recreate them for you. That's right. You brought in all these clips. That's what it had. But I've gone analog this time. Gotcha. It's fine. Can you put in a clip of Josephine Baker? She's rad. The world needs more of her. Absolutely. Maybe um, I'll, I'll make her the show image. I think you should. She's a true American hero. It's a fascinating bookmark. Bookmark. Hey, I could use a bookmark right now. Bookmark. Bookmark. It's in times like these, Mark, when I'm thinking about reacting. (laughs) I'm trying to help you react that I'm reminded of the frailty of the human condition. 
Uh-huh. This was one of the hallmarks, that, that kind of feminine empathy was at the core of the character Mike Hammer. <laughs> as written by Mickey Spillane. Uh, he, he lived from 1918 to 1998. He, he nearly got to see me complete my college degrees. So, very oh, exciting. Oh, so close, Mickey. So close, Mickey. Um, Mark, Mike Hammer famously drank beer. And not cognac. Why? Why did he not drink cognac? There was a simple reason why Mike Hammer didn't drink cognac. Can you guess what it was, Mark? For 25 points? And a chance to was, redeem your cheating ass? Too fancy. In a way. But that's not the right answer. I'll give you a second chance. It Redemption. Was Because no private dick worth his salt. You keep your dick private. Would be caught dead. Let me ask you this, Mark. Can you spell cognac for me? C-O-G-N-A-C. Well, you've just done something that Mickey Spillane could not. Oh, oh that's right, Mark. Way to react. I'm very proud of you. Man, there are pages and pages of Mark Twain in here. I gotta say, this thing is actually unsurprisingly white male heavy. Way to go, Bartlett. Alright, let me see if I can find someone worthwhile. Whoa. Hideyoshi? Japanese warlord. John Hill? British botanist. Charlie Grimm? U.S. baseball executive. What do these three people have in common, Mark? That they, along with Peggy Guggenheim, are featured in Bartlett's book of anecdotes. Oh, it's easy. Um, among the pieces Peggy Guggenheim displayed in her garden in Venice was a horse and rider that had been cast for her by, Mar- by Mar- Marino Marini. To express the rider's ecstasy, the artist had cast him with an erect penis. The fact that the penis was detachable saved the collector much embarrassment on holy days when a group of nuns habitually passed the garden. Oh, that probably ruined their week by taking that away. Mark, for 25 points, name the band who had a freak radio hit in the 1990s called... Hands off the keyboard, please. I'm doing the show image. Called Detachable Penis. Oh. Uh. uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to come together. Uh, uh, They might be giants. Sorry, Mark. It was King Missile. King Missile Detachable Penis. Let's see if there's a, a brush in here. See if there's any notable if, if, if a brush ever had anything worthwhile to say. Ouch. Doesn't look like it. How about a peacock? Is there anyone in here named Peacock? Oh, must for, be. For 25 points, Mark. Is there anyone in this book named Peacock? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. No. Robert Mitchum, Mark. That's not my problem. Happily married for 30 years. Thanks for reacting with me. <laughs> this is a terrible episode. <laughs>